Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Mark, build a name for yourself, chase your dream above all else. Make a name the world remembers. All an empty world can sell us empty dreams. I got lost in the light when it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the You may be seated. 
want to introduce you to somebody. This is Anna. She's one of my grandchildren. They're here from Arizona. Why don't you give her an applause? Because I got another one back there. Couldn't convince to come up here, but I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home now, and you guys just do your thing. We're going to go to the Horn T Zoo. You want to go to the zoo? Okay, we'll do that. A uh, couple quick announcements. Let me. I, I'm all distracted here. If you are a guest here, we are so glad you're with us in worship. We invite you to come on back. And you might be sitting here today and you might go, well, how do things work? Couple ways for you to know. Example, in the backs of the chairs, you'll find this with a QR code. And if you don't know what a QR code, ask somebody next to you, they might know. Uh, but if you go to there, even as a guest, it'll bring you a lot of information about the service that's going on. So do that. Um, there's also another card in there. If you want to know how to submit a prayer request or what we believe about communion, you'll find that in that card too and how to take communion. We'd love for you to be a part of this. Um, I think that's it. Uh, joy baskets. We'll be passing joy baskets in just a little bit. And uh, what we say is all of us are blessed. Does God bless us? Yeah, he blesses all of us. And he likes it when we say thank you back. And we could do it by our singing of our song praying of our prayers, serving, and even giving of offerings and tithes. So let's pray to God that he would, he would bless us, okay? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us with one blessing after another. And we pray that this worship service would be a time where we say thank you. Thank you for who you are and how you love. And Lord, may we, may we give ourselves to you back. Just say thank you for all that you've done. Uh, with our lives. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.
Boys and girls, come on up front. Uh, it's time for the kids' message, so make your way on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. I've got some pictures to show you this morning, so come up nice and close. It's, it's a picture of a sculpture that I saw. I think it's really cool. So come on up. And you know what? I've got three pictures here. I'm going to show one to the band, then I'm going to show one to all the adults sitting out there, and then I'll show one to you, all right? But don't tell me what you see yet, because then on the count of three, you can, everybody can yell what they saw, okay? All right, I'm going to walk over here and show the band first. Make sure I'm looking at the right one. All right, can I see that one? All right. Now for the adults, I'm going to sneak over here so you kids can't see. All right. Everybody see that one? All right. And now, kids, it's your turn to see a picture of this sculpture. All right, you ready? You see it? All right. Now, everybody, on, on the count of three, yell what you saw. All right. One, two, three. One. Well, that was kind of confusing. I don't think I heard all the same thing. What did you see? Three. You guys saw three. Adults, what did you see? Two. They saw two. Band, what did you see? One. one. They saw one. What is going on? You know what? One, yeah. You know, I think we should all look at, at the sculpture together and see who is right, okay? All right, so let's look at the screen, and we'll all look at the sculpture together and find out who is right. Oh, the band was right. Wait, no, no, the adults were right. Hey, you kids were right. Wait, no, no, wait. Who was right? Everybody. Everybody was right, weren't you? Yes, everyone was right because the band saw a number one, the adults saw number two, and you kids saw number three. You all looked at the same sculpture, but from a different angle, and you saw something different, didn't you? That is cool. Yeah, did you have a question? I do have three of them, yep, but they were, they were the same sculpture, but looking at it from a different angle, you saw something else, yeah. Three different numbers, yeah, we saw three different numbers. And you know what? You guys were all witnesses to what you saw, weren't you? You, you shared with me what you saw, and you know what? You guys saw something different than the adults, and the band saw something different than them because everyone saw the sculpture from a different angle. But because we all shared that, and we put it all together, we got to see a more full picture of what that sculpture looked like, didn't we? And did you know that we are called to be witnesses for Jesus, too? And you know what? Just like we were witnesses to that sculpture, we don't have to know everything in order to share what we know, do we? No, and we all know what Jesus means to us, what he's done for us, how much he loves us. And we get to be his witnesses and share that with other people. And then when someone else tells that person about Jesus, 
they get to learn more and hear more. And other people get to learn about Jesus. Isn't that cool? That we don't have to know everything about Jesus to be his witnesses, but we get to share what we do know about Jesus with others. How cool is that? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, help us to be your witnesses to everyone around us. And help us to know you and love you more. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up.
Not sure if uh, you've heard the word sacrament, okay, sacrament. Um, I always tell people it's two words kind of put together, sacred moment, sacred moment. And in our church body, we believe that there's two sacraments, baptism, which we just sang, uh, sang about, but also Holy Communion. It's a sacred moment where God comes from the glory of heaven, the love of heaven, down to us, and blesses us with himself. And that's what happens in baptism. It's also what happens in communion, where he comes to us, not just bread and wine, but also his body and blood, so we can have forgiveness and life and hope. And uh, one of the things we do before we take communion is we give you an opportunity to profess what you believe about your sin, about your need for a savior, about what is in this meal, this gift, and also professing how you're going to live your life to his glory. So we're going to put it up on the screen, invite you to join with me as we say this out loud. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risk is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And as uh, we get ready for communion, just want to make it so clear that because of Jesus, only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. He takes them, as the, as the Bible says, he takes our sin as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember them no more. So you truly are forgiven. So live in that forgiveness and rejoice in his love. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And as we continue now with the distribution of communion during this next song, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those elements, believing you, it is also the body and blood of Jesus for your forgiveness. And if you have that same faith and you desire to come forward for continuous communion, come forward during the song. And if you desire to have gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. Again, may this be a sacred moment where we experience God in a personal, real way. Amen.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we bring our prayers to you, spoken and in our hearts from our 1C family. For a young man who went missing last night, keep him safe and that his family would hear from him quickly. For my friend Meg, who lost her husband last weekend to a heart attack, comfort and embrace her with your love as she moves on with her young children. For all the families trying to get pregnant, give them patience and hope. Prayer of protection and healing for the Balmer family who found out they have been living with asbestos in their homes. Calm their fears. Lord, we praise you for all who came to celebrate with us, for all the volunteers, for all the donations given we humbly ask for your continued hands on the Taste and See ministry and bless those who receive the meals. Gracious God, thank you for hearing our prayers. When the temporary things in this world that consume our lives crumble and disappear, your grace, mercy, and love endures forever. Jesus is the only name. We glorify you, Father, through your Son, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Did you see it? How many of you saw it? How, it was on Friday night, just so you know. It was absolutely incredible. It has something to do with the letter N. Something to do with the W. Nebraska won. How many of you saw that? All right, woohoo, come on. It was pretty awesome. Now, what I'm doing is illustrating the theme for today. The theme for today is the chosen, and the theme is to be witnesses as a noun and a verb. So, an example. A noun is who you are. I am the one that witnessed, and so did you, the victory by the Huskers. I am a witness. I got to see it. I got to watch it. I'm a witness. That's a noun. But you know what the verb part is? Is when I start telling other people. It's what you do. A noun is who you are. A verb is what you do. It's action. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we look once again, at the stories found in The Chosen. But remember, we're really targeting the story about the life of Jesus and who he is and what he came to do. Now, how many of you have ever seen a sign? 
S-I-G-N. Okay, you can raise your hand. That's good. You saw a sign. Now, maybe it was a sign because you were traveling from point A to point B, and you were looking for signs about where to turn and where to go. That's one sign. But how many of you look for signs like um, maybe it'll give you some information or proof of what you're supposed to do? Let me give you an example. In my years of being a pastor, I've had lots of different calls to different churches and different towns. And one of the things that people would ask me all the time is, how do you know? I mean, what signs do you look for? And, and I'll, just a couple quick stories. One of them is I had a call to uh, Peace Lutheran Church in Saginaw, Michigan. And I remember um, landing in Detroit, and then we get a rental car, and we're driving up to go to Saginaw. And there are billboards, like literally one after another, that said, Think Thielen. And I'm like, okay, is this a sign? No, it's a car dealership that just happened to have all these signs along the highway going. Or another time, I'm driving in the car, and I, I had a call to go to Tucson, Arizona. And I'm sitting in the car, I'm in the passenger seat, and the person says, how can you decide what to do? What signs do you look for? And then I'm looking forward at, right at the car in front of me. And it was a Tucson Hyundai. And I said, you mean a sign like that? And they said, no, 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 no. Or how about the third one? I get a call to a place in Columbus, Nebraska, where they're, it, it's now different, right? It used to be a good life, but you know what the little cliche is? Nebraska, it's not for everybody. And I'm like, oh, is that a message? Is that a sign? Now, maybe you go through life and you don't look at those kind of things or, or pondering, but I do believe that God gives us signs. And I'm going to say very specific. I think uh, we experience one of the signs right here called communion. And it's not just a sign. It's not just a symbol. It really is bread, wine, body, and blood for the forgiveness of sins. But this is a sign of how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. Baptism is another way where God says, I want to bring you into my family. I want, I want to make you an heir of eternal life. Beautiful. But he's also given us the Bible. And I believe that the Bible is filled with, quote, signs. And it tells us who God is, how much he loves us, and then the desires he has for his children. And I think that those signs are so beautiful and so needed in our life. Now, as we get specific, and as we take a look at, quote, the word, here's what John chapter 20 tells us. Verses 30 to 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So John, as he's getting close to wrapping up you know, his gospel just says, you know, Jesus did a lot of signs. And the purpose and the reason for these signs is so that you would know him and you would love him and follow him and have eternal life. Now, it's, it, for me, it's interesting that you take a look into the scriptures, you see proof all over the place about how God works. When you get into the gospels, right, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you will see many signs, like miracles, all over the place. Jesus goes into a town and he does this thing and it's a, a sign of his power and love, right? Beautiful. 
But when you get to the Gospel of John, John is different. All right? Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic Gospels, which means they are similar Gospels. They have similar stories. They're, you know, kind of set up the same. But when you get to John, it's just different. He doesn't list as many of the miracles as the other Gospels do. But if you think about John 20, right, these signs are written that you might believe, there are seven specific signs that John lists for people like you and me to sit back and go, wow. And these signs or miracles are to demonstrate to you and me who he is and how he loves and how he works. So here's a list of them. Just going through it, we're going to look at the first one today. Changing water into wine. Curing the nobleman's son. How about healing the paralytic? Feeding the 5,000? Walking on water? Open the eyes of the blind man? Or raising Lazarus from the dead? I mean, all of these were to help people like you and me come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and friend. So they're just put out right there. They're like a big neon board saying, hey, look at this and have your life changed. So let's look at the very first sign as we find in the Gospel of John. And it's from John chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, the story of the changing of water into wine. All right, on the third day, there was a wedding in uh, Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, if you follow and look at a lot of the miracles in any of the Gospels, you will see there's a rhythm to these miracles. So an example, number one, the setting of the miracle is established, and we have it here. It is Cana, it's a wedding. Number two, a need arises, and we find out that the wine has run out. Thirdly, a miracle addresses the need. Jesus turns the water into wine. And then there is a response to the miracle, and we're going to find that in just a little bit. But the master of the banquet marvels at the good wine that is now being served. And just look at the miracles. Follow that. You'll see that there's a a rhythm to these signs that help you and me understand again who this Jesus is and what has he come to do. And I'm going to give you, you know, this is like letting you in on the secret here. The real miracle in John chapter 2 is not water being turned into wine. I think it's pretty amazing, pretty awesome, but that's not the miracle. So you're going to have to hang on until the end to find out what it is. All right, what we're going to see now here is uh, Jesus is going to a wedding. Now I want you to wipe your memory bank out for a second of what your experience is for a wedding. I mean, just think about how a wedding normally goes. Let's just say the wedding is at 3 o'clock on a Saturday It will last somewhere about a half hour. Then after the half hour, you have this little downtime between the wedding um, ceremony and the reception. So you get to the reception, and there's maybe a happy hour, and then there's dinner. 
let's just say the whole day for the wedding, for like you and me, maybe it's seven hours. That is not the kind of wedding that Jesus was going to. You see, back then, weddings, and even today in the Jewish culture, it's not just like quick and you're done. It could be not seven hours. It could be seven days. It could be up to 14 days. So if you think about the logistical challenges of trying to put together a party that's going to last seven to 14 days, that's not easy. How much are they going to eat? How much are they going to drink? Well, here's the, to me, the, the beauty of the story is Jesus chooses to attend the wedding. Now, he just doesn't go to the wedding and the party, but he becomes part of it. He doesn't go there and be what I call, I wrote down, a unnaturally religious. So, example, there are times I'll go to a wedding, and I'm like, I'm not out there dancing, I'm not really, I'm just going there because I should give the prayer and whatever. But he's like stepping into this. He's going to be part of this celebration. Why? I believe two things. Number one, he's human. He likes a good party. And he's going to go and show up at the party because marriage matters. He's going to celebrate and he's going to have fun. But secondly, I think he shows up to be, quote, the son of God who's going to demonstrate how powerful God is in the midst of any circumstance, big or little. So now we're going to turn our attention to see the first video clip, and we're going to see the problem, okay, what's happening. So let's watch this. My son. Ah, Andrew, you see, even my own mother will join us in the Song of Miriam. They've run out of wine. But it's only the first day. Yes, and it's all gone. Not a drop left. Why are you telling me this? And Etcher's family humiliated. Boys, uh, go join the others. I'll be right there. Mm. Mother, my time has not yet come. If not now. Fill these jars with water. I'm not sure you heard her clearly, but we've run out of wine. Not water. These are similar in size to your amphorae. The prudent marks, yes. We could have filled all the way to the brim. You're a very responsible person, aren't you? We are in a crisis, and I was led to understand you have a solution. Do you know why jars for purification rites are made of stone? <laughs> what? You heard me. 
because the stone is pure. Less likely to stain or break, and it can't be made unclean. Yes. Fill these jars with water all the way to the brim. Why? You heard him. Start drawing water, quickly. Tell anyone you find to stop what they're doing and help. From the directions you have provided, I see no logical solution to the problem. It's going to be like that sometimes, Thomas. What did you say? I do not rebuke you. It is good to ask questions, to seek understanding. There's no time for this. I know of a man like you in Capernaum, always counting, always measuring. That's my job. All the people will think I have not done well tonight. Join me. And I will show you a new way to count and measure. A different way of seeing time. Go with you where? I, I don't understand. Again, I, I want to make sure you understand, the reason I have the scriptures that I'm reading, that is what we know for certain. And remember, the chosen just takes a little bit of liberty to fill in the backstory of what could be. This is Thomas. He's, we're going to find out a little bit later in the Gospels that he becomes one of the disciples. If it came as a result of this interaction, we don't know, but it could be. The other thing I wanted to point out is, why did Mary come to Jesus for the wine? Most theologians will say, we do not hear anything about Joseph. Remember, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in Bethlehem, right? And then we hear of Joseph, right? Mary and Joseph and Jesus is 12. But we don't hear anything about him. So most people believe that Joseph is no longer alive. So according to Jewish culture and tradition, when a mother has an issue or a problem or a challenge, you go to the oldest child. That's probably what's going on. And we do not find her asking him to change the water into wine. She just tells him what the problem is. Just like a Hebrew mother would do with the oldest son. But now we're going to watch the direction that it goes, which again follows the, the scripture very well. So let's uh, watch this next section. If the smith wants to change the horseshoe or the plowshare or the pot hook, he has only to put the iron back into the fire and reshape it to fit his designs. Careful. Please step outside. Just for a moment, Thomas.
Once you make that first cut into the stone, it can't be undone. It sets in motion a series of choices. What used to be a shapeless block of limestone or granite begins its long journey of transformation. And it will never be the same. Draw some out and serve it to the master of the banquet. Let me read that John 20 passage again. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written, so this account of the changing of water into wine, okay? These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And here's where I want to just take it for a moment. You know, these, these vessels that Jesus were going to use, they can symbolize lots of things, but I really, in my heart, because of I know my world, I know your world, there are times people feel empty. Have you ever experienced anyone that has emptiness in life? It happens. It happens to all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. And I truly believe that the only way for emptiness to be resolved is this Jesus person when he shows up. I watch all kinds of people try to fill that emptiness with what? drinking drugs, pornography, relationship after relationship, hoping to find some kind of significance in life. And until Jesus steps into the scene, that emptiness just seems to continue. So now Jesus, I believe, wants to come to you and me and say, hey folks, I have come into your world. You once were an empty vessel. You once were helpless and hopeless. And I can do something for you that the world cannot do. And remember, I don't believe that the miracle was the changing of water into wine. It's just a sign of what God wants to do for people like you and me. So now let's continue, and we're going to see now the reaction to this miracle. Time. The latter vintage, sir. Stop the music! 
Stop the music! Everyone, listen! I have something I would like to say. I would like to address the bridegroom and the bride families. At every wedding I've ever overseen, they serve the best wine first. And then, when the people have drunk freely, much later in the feast, they serve the poorer wine, the cheap stuff. <laughs> because by then, who is going to notice? <laughs> Am I right? But you, you have chosen now to serve the best wine I have ever tasted. Let us thank them for this unnecessary but honorable gesture. Son of Rafi and Dinah, to Sarah, daughter of Abner and Hila, be as pure and as fruitful as this wine. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the fruit of the vine. To Asher and Sarah! To Asher and Sarah! something wrong? Yes. I was. That interaction at the end between Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Jesus. It was like she was looking for him because she knew that he did something exceptional. He performed a sign that was life-changing. I love that interaction. But this next scene, I just want you to take it in because I think this is what happens. When Jesus is in our life and in our world, Incredible things happen, and there is a joy that is unmatched by what the world gives. So let's take a look at this last scene. Fish, wine, what will be next? Any suggestions? Anything and everything. Let's do this. I'll go with you to the ends of the earth. I hope so, Simon. But I seem to remember there was a problem. Something about Andrew's feet. Andrew's feet. But first we must evaluate, no? No, uh, no, 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 I can't. I think we have to. No, 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 I can't. <laughs>
Peter, right? He goes, the fish, wine, what else? He's starting to see, he's starting to believe. He's starting to move from, if you caught the last part, from being a witness like as in a noun, but moving into this verb thing, that he's ready for action. He is ready to share this message. He wants to take on the world because of this Jesus. Here's the, the, the way it ends here. This is the scripture. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. So let's bring it to you 2,000 years later. Here is a sign that you can read in the scripture that says Jesus is fully human and he's fully God. He is able, capable, and willing to step into any arena of life and make a difference. I hope you know that personally. I hope that you are a witness to that in a sense of a noun. Yes, you saw it firsthand. But now the question that I want to really encourage you and me is are we ready to be that verb? Are we ready to take it and in action start sharing this with family and friends and neighbors and co-workers and even enemies? Because this Jesus changes life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I want to share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.